All right, are we ready? We're feeling good? Feeling good, feeling all right. All right. I have my I have my indoor Crocs on right now. Ooh. Can we see him? I don't want to see. Show us your indoor Crocs. Show the indoor Crocs. Here we go. Wait for it. Wait for it. Right. Ooh. Indoor, indoor Crocs. Ah. Very nice. Very nice. Ah, are you wearing socks? Minimal, minimal wear on the tread. Nice. Are you wearing socks? Indoor? Yes, are you wearing of course socks? I'm wearing socks. Oh, you wearing socks? Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. They're all so what kind of socks? beautiful. What's what kind of socks? What kind of socks? Black black and gray Under Armour socks. Nice. Comfy. Yeah, very comfy. Yeah. Underneath, yeah. Uh, CBD lotion my feet. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm? Makes you feel nice and soothing. Yeah. yeah. My, my feet are high as fuck right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Less clicks and clacks. Yeah. When my, the... my toes are just blazed. <laughs> Picturing. Kid, kids, that's not how CBD works. Anyway, no. greetings <laughs> and salutations and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from, well, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a complicated thing, the internet. Um, so we're using it. Um, my name is of course, David Barry at DR Barry on varying social media platforms. I am joined this evening by two of the crew, uh, here for you. Um, so let's get it to them. Um, first from Galt, California, weighing in at 232 pounds. Not, not bad. Not okay. bad. 228. Okay. Not bad. All man. right, man. Well yeah. Hey. I should do that thing at the carnivals. <laughs> Here from Galt, a comedian died tonight. Again. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Esteves. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and hailing all the way from the 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 line. I think you're on like the right on the line. The, the I'm not gonna uh, okay, you're not on the line. Anyway, from are you are you unincorporated or are you, are you in a town? Are you in a town at all? I'm in Ro- I'm in Roseville. You're in okay. You are Roseville. considered Roseville. Okay, from Roseville, California, weighing in tonight at. I don't even have. I don't even have a guess. <laughs> the face she's making right now. Good, it's like, good it's, man. It's like, good exactly? man. Exactly. It's like it's good like you don't man. like say women's weight, but then it's like weighing you know, can. However, the way she feels. However, the insert all the expletives that are valid. There it is. We have Amy, who has the really, really crappy internet tonight. So the boys are just humoring me. Bless their, yep, they're literally making faces. You can find me at iJane, you robot, on the varying social media platforms with or without your glasses. Be old oh, is man Portuguese. Is that how the internet works? How do you say, how do you say what in, in Portuguese again? Okay. 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 Oh, okay. 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 Amy, Amy okay. is talking. <laughs> okay, it's good to see you. Mm. Yeah. Cool, we're all Portuguese, Portuguese not French. Parlez-vous <laughs> français? <laughs> you want me to be French because you cannot hear me? Look, little, little, oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, we are your number one allegedly podcast for anything comic book related, according to a small number of users in the deep dark part of the internet, where you can buy uh, scary uh, steroids on the cheap um, and become a superhero but you die in like three days. Um, worth it, worth it. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird trade-off. Uh, Jamie Foxx actually stole the idea for that, that movie from me. <laughs> anyway. Tonight, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd on Nation, powered by <gasps> Patreon. Patreon. Nope, it's, it's never gonna. God, Patreon. 
Patreon. Yep, there's, there's Amy with a little coming up the Patreon. Rear. Patreon. <laughs> and Peggy. Oh, and Peggy. <laughs> and Peggy. Anyway. <laughs> the Nerd on Nation allows us to keep our lights on and up our quality. As a member of the Nerd on Nation, for as little as one to five dollars a month, you get early access to episodes like this, a Discord community. Half of it's open, half of it's closed. Nerdon.io slash Discord. Bonus episodes and so much more. Check it out at nerdon.io slash Patreon. So, for anything related to the Cables Crusaders and Nerdon, you can head on over to thecablescrusaders.com, your hub for all things Crusaders. From there, you can find all of our content. Those with the West, the uh, cut, take two. As well, cut, take three. As well as the rest of the Nerd On podcast family. Wow, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone okay? You doing okay? Yeah, Let's see how you doing. I think we're good. Yeah, I'm Amy, okay. I'm all right. Amy, how you doing? <laughs> yep, accurate. Yeah, that's about par for the course. <laughs> Just frozen face. <laughs> My oh, internet is. sucks. Yeah, My internet sucks. Oh man, Zoom today. What about it? It's also been shit in the bed today. But <gasps> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's <laughs> say she's keeping her eyes open Patreon. for a long time. Nerd on Nation. <laughs> oh my gosh. How you feeling? I you're, love you guys. You okay? You good? Nerd on Nation. Oh God. The Nerd on Nation. We love you guys. You're great. <laughs> we like them too. Yeah, we like so, them. hey, on tonight's episode, we are talking about one thing and one thing only. Uh, that thing spans like 30 years and various mediums and media and... Uh, me dams. Me dams. Me dams. Um, we are, of course, talking about Watchmen. Watchmen. The, uh, the comic, the show, the subsequent comics, the movie. I guess we'll talk about the movie. I don't the Lunchbox? Watchmen. The Lunchbox. Box. Yeah. Yeah. Lunchbox, the toilet paper. <laughs> merchandising. 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 <laughs> God, Spaceballs is the best fucking movie ever. Mm. Watchmen the doll. Me the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> be with you. Anyway, we are talking about Watchmen. Before we get to that, we like to talk about things like comics, like comics we have been reading, like things that go in a circular fashion. We like to go around the horn. There it is. Amy, is that a sushi roll of some kind? Is that Spam Masubi? She's That's Spam Masubi. Masubi. Oh, I fucking love Spam Masubi, dude. I learned how to make it. I told you I learned how to make it, right? No. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, so I, I, I learned how to make the sauce. I mean, uh-huh. the, the sauce is actually pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Duh, fucking duh. I got, I got that. And then um, I did uh, I got pork belly. So I, I made spam masubi and then pork belly masubi. Nice. <sighs> anyway, we talk about comic books we've been oh, yeah, this week. Um, and what dishes we've been cooking. Anyway, we talk about <laughs> the comic books we have been reading. But when we go around the horn, we go around the table in a circular fashion, except for the fact that we no longer have a circular table. In fact, we are not even in the same room in a circular fashion. This is correct. Um, we are more of a uh, of a triangular web covering the greater Sacramento area. Nice. Actually, like it'd be more like this because you're oh, south, right? Because a diamond upside down is a... Okay, I'm sorry. No. Oh, God, no. A diamond, a diamond cutter, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. Whoa. Pretty- um. <laughs> so, uh, we talk about comic books we've been reading this week. So, I'm going to start us off. Um, in preparation for tonight, I did a couple things. One, um, because we're talking about Watchmen, I read Watchmen. Nice. Um, the uh, original graphic novel. Um, two, I read Doomsday Clock, the sequel, uh, written by a one, a Jeff a Johns. Um, and 
The other thing I read, I was going back through my my bookcase up here. Oh God, my computer went to sleep. There it is. Um, I went to my my <laughs> bookcase over here. I really thought I was like, oh, it's going to sleep. It's done. We're done. No, no, no. Um, and I actually was uh, just kind of flipping through, thinking about what. I would want to read. Um, and so I actually grabbed, I just kind of went through, I was like looking through the A, B, C, D, E, F, and then I found the P. And I found Pride of Baghdad, which I think I talked about about two, three years ago. Um, Pride of Baghdad, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Um, it's basically about the uh, the pride, a pride of lions that, um, Amy, I don't know sign language. <laughs> you used uh, to excited sign language. And I'm like, I got to write that down. Yeah, Power Rangers. What is she um, saying? So Pride of Baghdad focuses on a pride of lions that is being kept uh, in a oh. home in Baghdad um, because there were in some of the, the wealthier homes, they would have these large um, animal enclosures. And uh, when the United States invaded uh, Iraq, um, Amy, I don't know what this means. They break free. They get broken out. Yeah, yes. I'm getting there. I'm chewing. <laughs> yeah, She's so excited. God. So... Uh, when when we invaded Iraq uh, in two thousand three, three, yes, yeah, three. I wow, we just, yeah, we we just yeah, no. yeah, never anymore. <laughs> um, so when we invaded, um, the troops actually encountered a lot of these animals because we would hit these you know these these areas and destroy a lot of these buildings, and the people would leave and leave these animals, or the animals would break out. And Pride of Baghdad fall, focuses on a, a pride, a lion pride that gets out, and they're kind of, and they like communicate with each other. They're kind of anthropomorphic and they encounter other animals um, and they're trying to basically uh, get out and, uh, spoiler alert, um, they run into some American soldiers at the end and the American soldiers gun them down um, because the lions are like, wait, don't kill us. And the humans are like, I don't understand lion, you know? <laughs> so, Fact. yeah. It's good. It's heart-wrenching because it's family it. and yeah. all this stuff. So, yeah, so I just randomly grabbed that off the shelf. So, Steve's. Nice. Well, I, I mean, I What'd too. What did you read? Continued- what did you do it? Continued with. Oh, because you're a big boy now. Because I'm a big boy now. I'm all grown up because I finally own a copy of the Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, Watchmen comic right there. You hear that? Listen, listen that, that. that is making my eardrums like titillated. Uh, you, you and me both, brother. Anyway, brother. <laughs> Hogan. Uh, over all right, here. Hogan. Maybe <laughs> Tell you something, Mean Gene. Anyway, and it came even with like these special drawings at the end of uh, certain panels, like collector's edition panels. Oh, it says, oh like artist proof, like big artist proof. Ones? Yes, cool. yes. And the front does say now an HBO series, which I like to have. I thought that tied in pretty well with what we're talking about today. So, actually, on the copy, uh, read further along, it's it's still fantastic. It hasn't changed. It's still fantastic. My favorite is that you're going to have that and you're going to go back and reread it in like five years and it's going to be like, now an HBO series. You're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's an HBO series. Like like when I go through, I, I pull out Hellboy and it's like, now a movie. I'm like, it's what not anymore. Not. <laughs> you, you were a movie 10 years ago with Ron Perlman. <laughs> Amy. Hi. What'd you read? What you got? Besides, besides my Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Besides what I, I did, I did Watchmen. In, with the Watchmen, without the Watchmen? All, all well, along well, the I did Watchmen. <laughs> I did. <clears throat> I, I'm going to let him sing because if my internet cuts out, we want to hear <laughs> no, him I singing. Don't. Amy, I talk. Do. What'd you read? Man. Yeah, I keep talking. Arr, I'm a pirate. Um, <laughs> sorry. So I read, reread The Watchmen. Um, and then I also read, before The Watchmen, The Minutemen, um, which was Darwin Cook. And I think it was just Darwin Cook on that. He wrote it and drew it. Um, but it was um, 
<clears throat> Sorry, that masubi was really good. It <laughs> it was chronicling um, the Minutemen or the new Minutemen when they were established, which we'll talk about um, when we get to the series, when we do a little bit of that review, which Estevche is very excited about. There are bits and pieces of the series that actually take place in the, the before the Watchmen um, comic books, um, which they also do a Rorschach, um, a comedian, um, the Silk Spectre, like it breaks down into all the different ones. Um, so it's kind of good to see how they were reflected in the series. And then also because I keep bringing it up and you're never going to like read it ever because you hate line. I read Laura Olympus again because it's a new season. That face. And I'm going to keep getting, I'm going to get the pursed lips and the disappointment cam all day. I'm okay with a disappointment cam. I mean, he tied up his hair, so I know it's really serious right oh, now. Oh, he's like, slowly adjusting the microphone, too. <laughs> the slow adjust, and he's going to hate me, but I love him enough to know once he gets on this train. Choo-choo. started it, Amy. Motherfucker. <laughs> true, true. <gasps> what? 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 It's promo. Look at him. He's cutting the promo. Oh, the crowd's going sorry, nuts Josh. right now. He just said the line. I took the hood off. Yeah. It was me, me Austin. Austin. <laughs> I actually got that one. I knew where it was from. Captain America. I understood that reference. I got that reference. I got that reference. Wait, you did. You did. did. Yeah. You did. You did. I did. What'd you think so far? I it, I know it, I, it, I, it's not that I thought that the comic wasn't going to be good. It's just that the platform getting into it because line annoyed me was always what would just keep me away. Like I know the stuff in, um, what the fuck's the app called? Web. Thank you. I know. Like, I, I've seen like oh, there's a bunch of good shit in web. Like I know Webtoons is a wonderful uh, platform for it. It's just that I don't like Line. I don't like having to like. I, I had to like find my Line like login again, and I could just create a new account. But instead, I'm like, no, I want to sign in with this. So that was just that sucked. I know Laura Olympus was great. Like I fucking trust, and I I always trust you when it comes to comic recommendations. Of course, it's good. I just like giving you shit because you were like, it needs attention and it has a fucking billboard in Times Square. <laughs> like, it's got it attention. It could use more attention. Attention. It could use more attention. It could always use more attention. Very much like, well, like me watching watching a whole bunch of, you know, Samurai nice. Jack. Do you know now which do is you know how like webtoons like Okay, so like for example, like now when you stream music, like it's it's like an artist when you used to buy an album, an artist would get like a percentage of it. But now when you stream songs, it's like it's a, a different thing. Deal or something. Yeah. So like, so like webtoons are free. Is it, but is it like ad revenue that supports the creator or like, or like, do they like every time it's read, do they get like five cents or do you know? I think it's a bit of okay. both, but also we're looking at um, one that I've spoken about before, which is space boy started on webtoons and actually got picked up for publication by dark horse. So he gets also Patreon. So they have Patreon as nice. well. Um, and so I think that's what happened with uh, Rachel Smith or Smith that does Laura Olympus because hers was picked up by Netflix. Nice. Um, and they're making it into an actual show. Cool. Um, so it's going to be all over the place and in your face. Nice. Like just splash in your face. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for starting it. I appreciate you. I got you. Okay, that's all I read. Beautiful. So, um, lots of, uh, obviously, like, tonight is going to be very uh, technically Vertigo and then DC heavy because we're talking about Watchmen. Um, so we figured, I don't know if we wanted to, to be too 
DC heavy with our next segment. Um, but then DC had a fucking event. So here, here comes the news. Um, so the news, breaking news, not breaking news. Um, especially California is falling into hell. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no shit. We're on fire. Like that's (laughs) congratulations. Fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. Um, I, I saw the line where the fire ended and how close it was to my parents' house. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amy, I don't, yeah. My parents were evacuated. Um, but they're fine. Everything's fine. I lighted my backyard yesterday. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can't take my kids outside because it nope. fucking like Too smoky. Sm- sm- yeah, it smells like I'm walking into a fucking cabinet smoker with meat hanging around me, but not as enjoyable. <laughs> um so yeah, so uh in the news this week, the biggest thing is two two here's if there was a bell curve of of comic news, uh DC is at both ends, the bad and the <laughs> and good. The good. <laughs> so we'll start with the bad. Um it came out now, uh, this will be a couple weeks ago, uh, but in, uh, what month are we? August. First week of August, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, on Twitter, it's a blip here and there, comic writers, comic artists saying, hey, if what I'm hearing at DC is true, like, I, you know, I send all my love to my friends at DC. And I'm like, okay, the fuck does that mean? Like, that could be a billion things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's popping up more and more. And then we get uh, certain uh, journalists and publications basically saying the heads were fucking rolling at Warner Media in general. You're fired. Exactly. We're talking hundreds of HBO employees, uh, entire divisions of DC being shuttered, uh, the editorial staff, creators, writers, artists being let go left and right. Now we've been kind of, this has been coming since ATT got involved with Warner Media. Once AT&T, uh, that merger occurred, it was just a matter of time before they were like, hey, start making cuts because Let's you're pro- you're profitable. This. But this. Exactly. This. You're profitable, but not profitable enough for us to want you to keep doing what you're doing. So they stuck their nose in there, I assume, because I don't fucking understand corporate business. Um, but so... Like I said, Warner bunch of people at HBO gone. Uh, DCU the app, its its days are all but numbered. All a lot of the streaming, everything is moving over to HBO Max. Um, and the DC toy line gone. Um, and so he's lost all kinds. Of, just the DC was just hemorrhaging people. And then this week. They had a big show. DC fandom. DC fandom. Like, hey, everything's fine. Tom King is still there, right? Of course, dude. Like, come on. I was going to say, how how AT&T, like, at least knows that name. Yeah, Yeah, no, no. The the Batman stuff? Yeah, you don't. Here's the thing. Just like, I mean, okay, for one, the titles, a bunch of titles were canceled at DC Comics. That was not related to the fucking, the the layoffs. Those were already slated to be canceled because... Mm -hmm they were ending or their a new series is starting like like a, a bunch of books getting canceled by a publisher doesn't always mean what people think it means of course the internet ran with that and like oh these people are terrible they're ruining comics now they're getting fired like no they're not like a bunch they of the, a ending. bunch of this a bunch of the series that got canceled those people weren't fired from dc like people are just fucking stupid yeah. um but yeah, then this weekend uh this past weekend um which as we record this is uh last week of august um, 
DC Fandom. Is it Fandom or Dome? It's Dome. It's Dome. Okay, it is Dome. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was confused by the way it was going. So it was basically a, a miniature Hall H kind of Comic-Con, digital Comic-Con for just DC. Uh, and um, as uh, a, a writer that uh, I'm a big fan of said uh, on Twitter, it's interesting that DC at an editorial level left their 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 staff bleeding and bloodied and then the next week had this big event that's like hey we're not going to fucking talk about comics except for one thing but we're going to talk about all these fucking you know billion dollar ips that we make without actually talking about the comic creators what's going on with those dead bodies over there nothing look at the pretty picture we nothing. have for you. look look at superman don't look, look at the at dead superman staff. Dot. look at look, dot look at her look at her <laughs> don't look at the wonder woman staff that's lying over there dead don't stop it look at patty jenkins so um so yeah, it, it it if you knew what was happening at DC, which if you're not on Twitter, you didn't. You you were just like excited for this weekend. So it was, but it was hard knowing that we know what happened. Like this isn't even insider information. This is all over Twitter. It's very yeah. bittersweet. Yeah, but if you're not on social media, yeah. it's rough. Um, so I guess we'll talk about what came out of Fandom now. <laughs> yes, Amy. This is also this is part one of two. DC fandoms because there's another oh, one there is. in September. Okay, so so mm-hmm. maybe we'll actually get comic stuff then, uh, because we didn't get jack shit for comics uh, except for one one thing really. They had panels, but mm-hmm. all the news was was big movie, TV, game news, mm-hmm. which is fine. But maybe maybe mix in some comics or lead with comics, or I don't know. So it's just one of those things where I'm I I know you know I know they get the money, the big money from the movies and whatnot, but you're you're a comic book company. I understand that you're part of Warner and now part of AT&T. And so comics aren't necessarily your focus, but that should be your fucking focus. But again, I don't don't understand corporate business. I'm not going to pretend I do. I mean, you know, four years ago, I got fired for having a fucking gift conversation with the Steves. And because, you know, I had a rough day and, Mm -hmm. you know, sent funny gifts, I got fired. So who fucking Good times. Good times for us. Good times. Fuck that Um, guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, but anyway, um, so things that came out of fandom. First off, in no particular order, just because off the top of my head, we got a Wonder Woman trailer mm-hmm. uh, and a Wonder Woman panel. Which, by um, the way, I thought it was badass. Her swinging off lightning bolts. That was a fucking. That was yeah. Amazing. Now that we actually see, like, see how that looks, like with the with the music, like that was oh, cool. Like, so like, good. Just like going back and forth between them. Um, we actually I saw Cheetah. Know- I didn't know. Uh, I, I totally forgot Pedro Pascal, uh, Mandalorian, is is in the movie. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, he's and Kristen Wiig is Cheetah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh crap. What's his character's name? Maxwell Lord. Thank you. Are you talking big, about him? Yeah. I couldn't remember. Big baddie. What? The big baddie. Yeah. The big. Yeah. It's, the it, big it, it seems like he, it seems like he's he's the behind the behind everything, and it seems like he gives Cheetah what she wants, which is to make her into the Cheetah. And so she's she's more like the the, the going toe to toe with Wonder Woman, whereas he's the actual bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so which means she'll probably disappear off into the night and make and, and you know be a rogues in the join the rogues gallery, Most if you likely. will. Amy's Maybe. got something. So, um, I liked the footage. Cool. I love Kristen Wiig as Doctor Barbara Ann Minerva. I'm still kind of peeved because they're taking basically like six different versions of Cheetah and stringing her together. And this is not the most recent one because literally I think we've had this talk where Cheetah 
became Cheetah because she went to Africa and found evil swamp creature and became like his guardian slash bride and then became the Cheetah. So they're tying in Maxwell Lord from Justice League to get this character. And I'm confused and slightly hmmed. <laughs> Is that H-M-M-E-D? Hmmed. Mm. Apostrophe. Is there an apostrophe in there? No. Hmmed. Yes. I, it's, it's, I'm, it looks I'm with nice. you. It looked cool. That's that's all I got. You do, know, you think com- it, do you have the feeling, Amy, that they're combining too much of different comics for her backstory? Because I know, like in movies, they'll combine like two different backstories to make their own original <clears throat> story based on inspired by the comics. But do you think they're taking like too many elements of Cheetah and putting it together? I think that they're using um, Doctor Barbara Ann Minerva's name. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to combine all the different variations of Minerva, um, well, of Cheetah, mm-hmm. because there were two before her that were these kind of socialite. Um, there's the one that I have everything and I still want to become this. I want everybody to look at me type of vibe. There's the I don't have anything. I've strived really, really hard and screw you. Mm-hmm. I want this type of vibe. So they're kind of trying to layer it. And Doc's, Doc's got the finger. Well, it's, it's, Doc's it's got like the thinking so, finger. So some of the Cheetahs have been like like Catwoman where they're like in a costume. Right, it's it's like a cheetah print costume, and they're just like very athletic, as opposed mm-hmm. to this one where it seems like she's mutated into a cheetah creature, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the most recent one. I'm I'm not cheetah is not my forte. Yeah, um, the most recent cheetah, which came out of Rebirth, which is um, the lies. So if you got to read that one, Steve's, I know you read the mm-hmm. first one. Um, she is turned into the cheetah by the evil swamp creature god which which makes more Africa. sense in that just a gymnast cat burglar character would not be able to go toe to toe with this current iteration of wonder woman you no, need she them would destroy to destroy her exactly you need you need them to be a superpower monster you know this isn't the justice friends or, or anything yeah, like which that which they kind of show because when when uh, diana does her you know her um i'm sorry gauntlets, gauntlets thank you Cheetah just flies right through them and Accessories? hits her. Accessories? <laughs> Ding! No. Um, but she just flies right through like it's nothing. So they... Because uh, uh, like in Ultron, they changed it from Ant-Man, uh, Hank Pym making him to Tony. And in, in Batman Begins, they kind of combined the animated series where he's known Ra's al the entire time with year one. It just seems like from what I'm hearing, like they're maybe taking too much from different aspects and aren't being clear on which history she is, which of course we all still got like a whole another year before yeah, who, who, the movie probably comes out. So exactly, more who, fuck, will who fucking knows what's actually, what it's actually exactly. going to be? Yeah. Um, we got Wonder Woman. We got a Wonder Woman trailer. We got we didn't get a Suicide Squad trailer. We got a Suicide Squad uh, rundown of the cast, mm-hmm. um, which going to be honest, filmed. It was still a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I love John Cena's description though of who he is I'm a douchebag Captain America yes so basically <laughs> what we found is um, I had to count them I believe there's 16 Man. members of the Suicide Squad wow um, and we got to see all of them we got to see the actors who are playing who so we finally got to see like Idris Elba mm-hmm. um, who he's playing um, we didn't see who's playing King Shark but we also didn't see Batista's role so something tells me that's Batista yeah um James Gunn is, of course, the best thing that could have happened to this because as far as ensembles go and and taking something, you know, in this case that needed to be redone 
Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gunn is, 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 seems to have done a great job. Of course, he has his brother in there as the new Andy Serkis. Um, <laughs> he's playing Weasel. Um, so we have, we have from, from the original movie, which is, this, this is not connected to my knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's its own thing. From it's its own it. thing, but it just yeah. has some of the same actors. So uh, Amanda Waller is the same. Fairly Davis. Um, was, was um, fuck, uh, Flag. Is that the same Flag? Yes. Okay, yeah, same, same Flag, same Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, same Harley, of course. Yeah, which know, a bunch of people are like, "Oh my God, James Gunn, thank you!" And they show like the picture of Harley, and it's like it's she's just wearing a different outfit. Like it's That's the same it fucking. It's still yeah. Margot Robbie. Like what do you? <laughs> um, They're not letting Margot Robbie go. She's gonna stay Harley Quinn for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's I think it's it's probably just because it's you know it's leather, and the dudes who saw Birds of Prey are probably like, "Oh, finally!" Um, <laughs> fuck those dudes. Um, <laughs> was there anyone else? I think that was everyone. Who, who was the original, or from the original? I'm Savant. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, no, that's from. Um, and then, and then you have a bunch of a bunch of new faces. Um, I didn't even realize Capaldi, Peter Capaldi, the the last Doctor from Doctor Who. He was in there as a thinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in there. A lot of one very comic accurate costumes, and then a bunch of the kind of standard thing of comics nowadays, where it's like, okay, you more just look like a federal agent. Or like super trooper kind of a thing. It's like you might have a you might have a bright colored costume in the comics, but instead you're just black shoulder pads and black mm-hmm. chest. You know, like uh, Pete, Pete, uh, Pete Davidson's character, Blackguard. They did not yeah, do totally a comic actor costume. Forgot he was going to be in this movie. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. So my, my my theory is that everyone who is in a very comic accurate costume is going to die. Yeah, uh, and and or they will become the the villains themselves or something. <laughs> like maybe they're maybe they're like the first Suicide Squad. They go out and they you know get suicided. Um, oh, Cena gonna die? Cena gonna die? I don't know. I, maybe, Will they see I, him? Will they finally see him? And, I think oh. he'd, be, he'd be one of those characters that he's, it's probably gonna be an opening scene and he does something and it's very over the top and then he dies. And then dies, John yeah. Cena is not that good of an actor, so I don't want to see him in the <laughs> He's whole good movie. at comedy. I don't think he can do the entire film. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what was the movie? Um, what's the one where he's the dad? Um, oh, clock, uh, Cockblockers. Cockblockers. That was, that was so a, good. actually really fun fucking movie. Yeah. He Amy, just makes fun of himself the, the entire movie. Is is weird. Have you have you seen it, Amy? Um, okay, so man, um, Leslie Mann's in it. Yeah, Leslie they Mann. they play like a group of like parents who are like friends, and then their kids are friends, and it's like kind of like a coming of age. It's, like the kids, uh, the kids are like trying to break out from under their parents. American Pie from the daughter, from the girls' perspective, because the girls are trying to lose their virginity on right. prom night. Right, and, and, the, and the parents Cena are, like, the losing parents, their yeah. minds. And exactly. Cena's the very strict dad. It's, it's very entertaining. <laughs> he, he sees eggplant, eggplant, as things are talking about. It's a great salad they want to have. <laughs> uh, off, off topic. So, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, um, Milestone Comics. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, the only comic news we actually got. Milestone is coming back to DC Comics. Um, for those of you who want a great rundown of what Milestone Comics is. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Who who wrote Walking Dead? Oh my God. Uh, they're right. It's f- five feet away from me, the books. I can't think of his name. <laughs> we are horrible right now. I remember his name right now. Anyway. Oh my God. Um, so the it was on AMC. It was called The Secret History of Comics. And each episode focused on a different... Thing about comics you might not know, or maybe something you did know, Amy Kirkman, Robert Thank Kirkman, you. Robert Kirkman. Yeah, I would, I would to say Robert Kirkman, but I didn't trust my internet. <laughs> I can't so think he's like, Kirk. I'm gonna wait. I was like, Kirk. So I'm Robert gonna Robert wait. Kirkman and um, did this. He he was a big part of this series called the Secret History of Comics. And one of the episodes they talk about Milestone Comics. Milestone Comics, known for being um, all black uh, creators, 
and who created a new universe of black superheroes. Um, characters like Static Shock were one of the only ones that actually survived Milestone, you know, being bought up by DC. So Milestone is finally coming back. They're finally bringing the characters back. Not all the original uh, creators are involved, which is causing a little bit of controversy. But that's a good piece of comic news to actually come out of this fandom. Um, and last, uh, last, well, no, not last but not least, uh, one more. Uh, Todd McFarlane announced the gold line, the Todd McFarlane gold label, basically, of his, of his action figures. Um, he announced a new Batman figure in a never-before-seen costume. It's like a very high-quality action figure. A lot of people are wondering if this is because DC's toy line was folded a couple weeks ago. So now this is Todd basically being like, hey, I have, you know, they're, they're going to license basically through me now because he has all the exclusive deals with Target and Walmart and used to be Toys R Us, which hurts my soul. Um, last but not least. Oh, wait, they also had a Sandman. They had a Sandman panel. Oh, I'm sorry. They did have a Sandman panel where Neil they Gaiman mentioned there. that they still have a Netflix series that's going to be mm-hmm. loosely based on the comics coming out. And Tom made me laugh because he he quoted that Neil Gaiman is the happy wizard, whereas Alan Moore, we've just said, is the grumpy wizard. So you have the two ends right there. You know what? You can't have all evil and happy. You have to have the fucking yeah. gamut when it comes to your wizards. Balance. They all have to be different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to have different personalities. Mm-hmm. One different has to pipes. Do, yeah, they all have to do hallucinogenics together. Of course. Amy? I've got dibs on Radagast the Brown. Fuck, I should have said it. God damn it. <laughs> I knew you should have, but that's what happens. <laughs> At least I knew exactly who I wanted to be as a wizard. Damn it! Not only is, he, live is he a, a wizard, he's also a, a doctor. Fuck. He's one. He's one of the doctors from Doctor wow. Who. Magic insights. I know, right? Anyway, fine. So, last but not least, of course, this is the big topic for the weekend. I'm not going to talk about the Suicide Squad video game because I don't give a fuck. Um, Did, what about the Gotham Knights video? I game? I don't give a fuck about that either. But yeah, there was video. There was video games. So, a Suicide Squad where it looks like oh. Superman's bad. Original fucking idea. Uh, and then the Gotham Knights, which is the Arkham Knight game, but Batman's dead. So now you Bruce play Bruce dies. As... The bad family takes over. Exactly. I wanted Barbara. I was, <laughs> I was waiting for I that. I got excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted she looked, Barbara. She had Babtar's Babtar, outfit on. Say what? She had Babtar's outfit on. So she had literally the Babtar Batgirl with the yellow boots and the gloves, that was like her initial outfit. And I'm like, thank you for acknowledging her because holy shit, we can run in some boots now. <laughs> so we, they're not heels. We can be, or we could be the Babstar, Bab, Bab, cut to the Babstar Batgirl. Um, we can also be uh, Red Hood, which of course people are going to be all about. You know, finally get to be Red Hood. I want Nightwing. Yeah. Be Nightwing with the ass, all that ass. Mm-hmm, all what we can do is all that ass. It's Damien, and it's Damien Robin, isn't it? Ah, fucking no. I think is it's it da- Damien. Is it Damien? I don't know. I thought it was Damien. I thought it was, I thought it was the Titans Tim? Red Robin. I thought it was Tim. My bad. My was Red Robin. I can't. Oh, I can't tell by the hair. I can't tell by the hair at this point. Just there was a lot of ass and it was shiny and wet. <laughs> Cue Cardi B and they. <laughs> there it is. So, <laughs> speaking of the Bat Family, um, the big yes, the big news out of this weekend was coming in 2021. We got finally got a trailer of uh, Robert Pattinson as the Batman. I'm vengeance. Um, aka Battenson. That's the new. That's the new name. <laughs> of for course, it. it's always Batfleck, Bale Bat Batson. <laughs> so we got a trailer. That's <laughs> we got a trailer. That's what I got. I, I'm, got I'm one of those people. Trailer. I personally like when, when when he was casted. I was one of the first per- people to be like, "Oh, Twilight. Oh, wait, he's done a bunch of shit since then." Like I, mm-hmm. I, I got over that very quickly. That was a stupid reaction. People were still bringing it up. Mm-hmm. He's done like multiple like critically acclaimed award-winning films in between mm-hmm. Twilight and now, but it, you know, 
the lighthouse. And, I, yeah. and it was when I first heard he was cast, I it, that was the first thing in my head. Don't critique because everyone critiqued Michael Keaton. They critiqued Heath Ledger. They critiqued Ben Affleck. And they all three did well. So there was a part where I was very ignorant when I assumed the a certain thing of what he said. And I was wrong about the whole workout program during the during the lockdown. Because I've always been, you know, Batman should have some muscle on him. And I and I mistook the way he said what he said. I Mia culpa right here. I dropped the ball. I, I I was wrong on that. With that said, it is the most fucking annoying thing to see trolls out there who still want to be, oh, he was in Twilight. Why would, he, why would I even think he'd be a good actor? He was in Twilight. DiCaprio was in Titanic. Look at the career Di- DiCaprio has had. He's worked with five of the greatest directors of all time. Isn't Look, the last Twilight film like almost a decade ago at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a decade ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and uh, Ledger had 10 things I hate about you. Uh, a chick flick, I guess people call. I and love then he goes that on and movie. Brokeback Mountain. He does Dark Knight. He does all this critical work. Michael Keaton was Mr. Mom, and he went and became Batman. So it gets really old. Actors start somewhere. They're going to get the paycheck. They're going to take the role and do their best and evolve from there. So shut up. Shut the fuck up. All right? The guy did Twilight made bank off of it. The movies were pretty successful. And he's gone on to be in The Lighthouse, which I've seen an hour of it so far. And that movie is fucking unnerving and amazing. And I'm not even done yet. So the guy is a, a good actor. So stop with your bitching about Dwayne Edwards, Sparkle Bat, whatever. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm putting it aside. If they could just lit a candle on set, though, it looks very dark. <laughs> it looks like a very dark... Like not even like I'm not even talking like dark like gritty. I'm talking like I had a heart. I like look at my like up the brightness on my phone. <laughs> yeah, the like, brightness I did too. <laughs> but then there were a couple points where I was just it, it, like it looked it looked very like I mean okay here, here's the thing. I, I Tom, I I love you if you're listening. When you say like Nolan and uh, who do you say Nolan who David had a baby? Fincher. Yeah, Fincher. I don't know what the fuck that means. Okay, you know because Can I help no, they're don't, directors. Sh- don't, don't explain. I no, don't help. explain it. Because I know who Christopher Nolan Evan. is. I know who Christopher Nolan is. Yeah. But yeah. when you say that, like, again, like, it's, it's, I don't know film enough. Like, we had this mm-hmm. conversation last episode. Like, when, mm-hmm. when you say, like, this is, like, the style of this, of this director, like, that doesn't, gotcha. I, I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I don't know what Nolan, is. I, I know Nolan made Batman movies and I know he made other movies and I don't know what he's, like, known for when it comes to how he creates a movie. I, th- I think, the uh, like no, cuz nolan was known for returning us to dark batman we left the joel schumacher and are back to being dark batman when they say david fincher it's the whole psychological thriller aspect cuz he did 7 he did zodiac he did panic room so it's that psychological thriller this is more than just action this is going to fuck with your mind type movie amy he did fight, fight club. club he did aliens well he did aliens alien, that was alien the other 3, one yeah. um yeah, Alien Three, and then there's I'm missing I'm missing another one like, like on the top. Zodiac, of my, Social my Network, uh, Girl Dragon Tattoo. Social Network was the other one. Oh, Mindhunter. Yeah, he produces oh, Mindhunter and on Netflix. Mindhunter. Oh, okay, well. right. so let's see. So of those things, let me tell you how many I've seen. Um, you saw Fight Club. You saw Fight Club. Seven. Seven. Nope. Seven. 
You, no. What's in the box? Yeah, I know that line. That's all I fucking. I, and I read the synopsis on Wikipedia, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> it's it's here's the thing. When everyone like like I, it's not a critique. It's not like I'm saying. Oh, no, I get it. Bad, no, I get no, it. But I'm just I'm, obviously I'm talking to listeners right now. Sorry, yeah. I'm, if if you're in your car, like, oh, David, yeah, no, I don't fucking mean, care. Like you, totally fuck good. off. Like that's not film. Curious films were not my Button? my 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 focus. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I I like movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like that's why, like I, I really like like shit like the MCU. Like I'm gonna be honest, a lot of times we have this conversation, award winning stuff, stuff that's like artistic and makes you think in the film realm is usually not where I'm at. You nailed it though, with Billy Porter and Pose. You nailed that. Well, so you, I mean, you got I, something. yeah, I've, I, I, I know, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm <laughs> you, it's there. It's yeah. there. Give me, give me twenty I, years. I like give gay me 20 stuff. Years. Okay, like I like. <laughs> Like I love, I love like LGBT like representation in film. Like I don't fucking know. Give me twenty it's years, Barry. Billy, we stay friends for twenty Billy years. I hope you. Amy, you got to raise your hand. I can't hear you. It's Billy. <laughs> yes, Amy. It's it's. I'm gonna keep saying it. It's Billy fucking yeah, Porter. Billy I don't care if right. if you're gay, if you're straight. It's you're pose. Sure you it's you need to. I don't care. It is a stunning, stunning thing. With Fincher, it's a little bit more like stylized it's it's mental it's gritty like and that, fight and club that's or what's great about it right or now, house that, of cards if you saw house of cards he did house right, of cards did. you're right didn't watch it so it's um, it's, it's the aspect that we're getting detective mind fuck batman not I th- I think, i'm gonna save I think, the world punches batman sure i think the, the problem is i think when when you say stuff like stylized i don't know what that means what what is stylized can anyone actually tell me what that means? Or is it just one of those things that you guys know what it is, so when you hear the word, you picture something? It, it It's a certain signature directors and filmmakers have in the way they film, the way a camera is set up, the way the camera pans, the way the tinting is in the shot. Um, all Every director has a certain thing that sticks out to them that you can pinpoint that that's a director. Steven Spielberg has a slow zoom that he does. That's a wide angle. When an actor is giving a monologue, that's one of his trademarks. Fincher is the camera following an actor I remember, okay, I remember, I remember the, the YouTube video that you, yep. that you showed. I, I got that. Like, yeah, okay. That's part of the stylizing. Amy? A design with modified or abstract elements that give the design a more decorative look is considered a stylized design. Okay, so based on that description based and based on the trailer, I definitely get that. Because, like, the trailer, in a lot of ways, some of those colors, it's like the grays kind of reminded me of... Um, like year one and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's where it's a little more like solid, you mm-hmm. know. And instead of a building have a lot of definition, like that kind of those columns and stuff, where just it was kind of like gray, like the gray stood out, but it wasn't like like ultra detail, like like that was okay, okay. Venture has that style in a lot. I need of his work. I need a dictionary definition sometimes when it comes to these things because again, <laughs> film film like appreciate like I appreciate movies. Film appreciation is not where I'm at. I didn't even take I didn't even have like that artsy fartsy yeah, film class in college that everyone took as an elective. Talked way too fucking long about this. I just watched since I was five. I think that's why I didn't take the class. I wasn't good enough for the class. I still watched movies. Yes, Amy. So who watches us if not the watch? What a segue! Look at that segue! What a ham-fisted skew! Like the fists Pattinson threw in that trailer and vengeance. Yeah, we didn't even. We didn't. I just realized we didn't actually even really talk. It it looked cool. Um, (laughs) So. Breaks the arm. Something goes out of socket. Yeah, who fucking knows? So, who watches The Watchmen? Well, in this Bill. case, we Bill did. Bill does. Bill does. Oh, Bill? Yeah. Is Bill in charge of that? 
the whole time. They never knew he, Bill was there. He done fucked up. <laughs> he missed a lot of shit. Bill done man. fucked up. Billy, comedian, what? William. He what? Oh shit! What did? Wait, Ozymandias threw who out the window? Naked and, and then blue made, and naked walking oh, everywhere what? in Vietnam. What the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it, Bill. So this is Estes. Yes. I, I asked you what you wanted to talk about, and you picked Watchmen. Why mm-hmm. is that? Well, I was bored. And, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so first, Watchmen was one of those first comic book movies I watched that wasn't wasn't Batman, wasn't Superman, wasn't Iron Man, wasn't... Huh? I, I'm sorry. The, Zack Snyder did the Watchmen movie. That We also got the Snyder Cut preview. I forgot that in the news. I don't want to fucking talk about it, though. Whatever. Oh, Snyder Cut, yeah. <laughs> hey, just a league. Anyway, um... It was his his movie was the first comic book movie I saw that wasn't something I had already known about. I didn't I didn't you know I knew about Superman, I knew about Batman, I knew about them. I didn't know much about Watchmen. I hadn't read the comic yet. We didn't have the Crusaders yet when that movie came out. That was five years before our birth. So I went into it and it stuck with me. Like the movie itself, like it was this more superheroes and vigilantes aren't as clean cut as you'd think they are, and. I, I I adored it. I loved the movie. I went and read the comic, and I was like, "Oh shit, a squid! Fuck! Well, okay, gotcha. Not not a nuke. Not a nuke. It was a squid. Weird, but I get it. Okay." And so, HBO makes their series. I check out the first episode, and I'm hooked right away. Just how it incorporates what Moore and Gibbons wrote in their comic, and then built their own future off of it, and. It did so in a way that, in my opinion, just honored the comics and opened the country's eyes to things the country didn't know about. So I'm like, you know what? This is something worthy of discussing on our show, both because of its comic connection and what it created on its own based off of that past. And that was my reasoning behind choosing The Watchmen. So what I will say is uh, people like to give Zack Snyder shit for making stuff too dark. That's like a that's like a, like a common critique. Watchmen, he was fine because it was oh, yeah. fucking Watchmen. Watchmen was oh, yeah. was fucking dark and gritty, like you said. It, it it was really about that, you know. It wasn't just the cut and dry, you know. Superman is 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 hope, mm-hmm. um, which is why I take issue with Doomsday Clock. Um, but it wasn't just the clean, you know, like oh, good versus evil. It was very much the okay, how complex. much? Yes, very complex uh, storytelling. Yeah, and I don't get, stories. I don't give him shit for changing the ending because in two thousand nine, I don't think audiences would have taken the squid. It's, it's weird. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it, you only had Iron Man in the MCU, and we had Dark Knight out as well. We didn't yeah. have where MCU took us. Now, audiences would have no problem with the squid. 2009, they would have been like, what the fuck? Well, and they don't what? have a problem with the squid, because if you watch the Watchmen series, it's right squid. there. That's, they, <laughs> the, so the, the, that's something to, to remember. The series is a sequel to the book, not the movie. Even though the movie and the book are very close to each other, if you've seen the movie, just replace the bomb with squid. Boom. Exactly. So yeah, the, the the whole thing is the whole premise is at the end that Ozymandias has genetically engineered a giant squid and um, used uh, a uh, a psychic's power basically to and and given it to the mind of the squid. So the squid's going to drop, cause a massive psychic explosion that's going to kill a bunch of people, drive a bunch of people insane, and make us think that aliens are invading to rally us all together. I gave the altar thirty five minutes ago. Yeah. And Ozymandias is a fucking dick. Um, <laughs> so I did not watch the series for a long time um, because I watched episode one 
and my anxiety was through the fucking roof the entire <laughs> time. And we got to the end, and my wife and I were both like, mm, no. And I was like, maybe this is like an iPad while I'm doing dishes kind of a show. <laughs> but then it was it was so good, and a lot of that anxiety did go away after that first episode, because that first episode was one that was really rough. And after that, I also, I will admit, I'm the kind of person that if I'm worried about a character, I will text, say, a Steve's and say, does this character die? I need to fucking know now. If I know they're gonna die and I know when it's gonna happen, I it's not. I don't. I'm, it's not spoiled for me. I my, I can at least like prepare. Mm-hmm. So I had to be like, hey, this person is is this gonna is it, are, they, are they gonna make it? And, and you're and, and you like you like strung me along, you asshole. And then you're like, yes, they're gonna be fine. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so Amy, I can't remember. Did you did you watch the series, Amy? Nice. So. Did you did you have anxiety issues or are you okay with it? Um so when it came to the show initially I the I did have some anxiety in some spaces um but also I became a bit of a pessimist especially when there were situations in certain episodes like backstory episodes as stivs you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. where I'm like no 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 no. So my anxiety, the first the first couple of them was really high, um, especially the one where people were starting to uh, dive into backstory. I don't know if when we get to that, we can talk about it. I'm trying not to be spoilery right now. Yeah. Um, but when we get to it, it was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to watch it like in spurts. I couldn't watch it all at once. I had to literally... I don't I don't think my job is going to listen to this but I was doing my job doing paperwork and watching so that I could keep my mind kind of focused in a direction where I was not going to panic. That's 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 when when I when I say it's an iPad while I'm doing dishes, it that's that's why I do a swamp thing just cuz I was worried about the gore and the jump scares like I, I and maybe I can go back and watch it after the fact but that's why it was like okay, it's down here so that I'm yeah, I'm I'm hooked and I'm interested but at any point I'm like okay, I do need to look away. I can, you know, I can do that. Um so that's, to, that's in, my it's kind of like my wife's standard where if we watch any type of any type of movies that involve the paranormal like paranormal activity we have to watch it at twelve noon it has to be sunny yep. and she's doing dishes while it's <laughs> yep yep I I respect the hell out of that um so to to what you said in the beginning the 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 big thing that a lot of this country learned about yes um, was an event that I had no idea had occurred um so Steve give us give us some background what what event opened this series. Yes, the very first episode premieres with the 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 racial attack on Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921, a thriving, uh, economically booming uh, community that was entirely black, and it suffered a violent and deadly attack from white supremacists, just, just white people running down the street, KKK hoods, killing um, lynching, dragging from cars, just a just an entire ob- obliteration of this town. It was and it was the first time bombs were dropped. Yes, out of planes on American bombs soil, were dropped right? Out of planes on American soil, and you weren't taught this in history no. class. No, nope. no, you know, you had to learn this on your own after high school, if you even thought of even researching something like that. So half this country was educated to its own U.S. history in a comic book TV show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why a bunch of people thought, a bunch of people were like, wow, this is like, this is dark. Like, I got like, they, they created this. Like, yeah, this is dark. This, I, you know, this must be fictional. Everyone's like, no, this is, 
you know, the the blue dong is is fake. Like, this part is real. Tulsa happened in this country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not even a hundred years, ninety nine years ago. Okay. No. <laughs> which which then leads to the 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 series itself. So, spoiler alert: this series came out what? Wait, when did you say it debuted? October twenty nineteen. So okay, I'm not even a year old yet. You almost you almost had a year. Um, we're gonna if if you are not looking for spoilers, just skip the rest of this fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not gonna fucking you know not gonna censor anything. We are talking about the Watchmen series on HBO. Spoiler alert: you have five seconds to leave this episode. Okay, get the fuck out of here. Um, so midnight. The first okay. first episode. Tulsa race massacre. It's not a race riot. It's a race. It's a, it's a massacre. It's a, massacre. It a racially yeah. charged massacre. Um, and then we are introduced to these, these new characters in this new era, roughly what? 30 years after the end of Watchmen. Yes. It's a, so it's, yeah, it's 2015. Okay. That time. Yeah. So, um, the world is sort of, I say sort of, uh, a, a utopia. Um, Ozymandias kind of, Got what he was going for. Um, the the nuclear uh, stalemate that uh, that we that we were in at the end of Watchmen is over. Um, a lot of things have improved. Electric cars are the norm. Um, the uh, Robert Redford is president. Is the president? So you go uh, from conservative Nixon to full blown liberal Robert Redford. Yeah. Who <laughs> then get they then do away with term limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and he introduces what is uh, colloquially Redf- called. Redforations. Redforations, yes. Redforations, um, <laughs> which is basically uh, there's a there's an act. Um, they a the uh, uh, reparations um, to uh, people uh, who descendants of racial violence. Mm-hmm. That's the words I was trying to get to. Um, so things like Tulsa. So if if you were you know if your family was affected by Tulsa, you know if you have a lineage in Tulsa, you can come to Tulsa and you're going to get money and you're going to you know be able to start a business and, and buy a home and it's, it's this thriving community. Um, but it also Something creates this country has discussed about for like 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. 20, Jesus years Christ. Now. Um, but then in turn, a, uh, an unintended consequence of that is, um, these little shanty towns. Um, what are they called? Uh, Nick, Nixonville? Nixonville. Yeah. It was Nixonville yeah. in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, it is basically, um, these little communities full of, White trash, angry rednecks, uh, and uh, it is home then to a sinister um, uh, new iteration of of the Ku Klux Klan, known as the Seventh Calvary. And the Seventh Calvary um, wears Rorschach masks. Um, mm-hmm. They think the Rorschach. I mean, they're not wrong. He, he he was he was conservative. I don't know if he, he was racist, but he was he, no. He, that's the thing. No, he he wasn't racist. He wasn't racist. He's just, he's just right wing. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's extremely right wing conservative. He no was not a racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's 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 a fucking nut job. I come. Um, I come. In the show, I compare his mask to what's now the Gadsden flag, the "Don't Tread on Me" flag, yeah, a yeah. flag that was a symbol of freedom, but got hijacked by the Tea Party, got hijacked by alt right, and that's what I think the Rorschach mask is symbolizing that. They hijacked it and made it yeah. their, they, they their missed, white supremacy. They missed the message. They missed. They, they missed the message, message exactly. Big time. <laughs> Um, and the, uh, other thing we, we learn is that cops wear masks. So they're the, all the police are hiding their faces because of the thing that was called the white Knight. Um, and the white Knight was an event where, um, the seventh Calvary, um, had a coordinated attack and they killed a lot of cops and their families. Um, and that led to the cops wearing masks because a bunch of the cops quit. A bunch of the cops also became masked superheroes, masked vigilantes, 
um, who then work in tandem with the the police force. Um, and that's where we meet uh, um, Angela Abar. Thank you. Uh, Angela Abar. Miss Regina King. Yes, Regina King. Um, her character, she's the main character focus of the show. And um, she is a uh, former cop, now turned superhero uh, in the, but she is a starting a, a bakery quote unquote <laughs> that never actually opens, um, but is a front for her, for her bat cave, basically sister night, um, sister night. And she has uh, adopted the children of uh, one of the police officers who was killed in the white night. He and his wife were killed, murdered. Thank you. Murdered. Um, so that's the, the background. And then from there, the story unfolds, Amy. And it was her partner, the kind the way they kind of yes. referred it was yeah. her partner's kids and he's white and her and her husband are black. Mm-hmm. So people have a tendency to kind of give her snot about adopting the children mm-hmm. because they call her mom. And then the, the keen act from the comics where vigilantes aren't allowed to exist is the, and they're allowed to keep their masks on and be their vigilante characters as long as they are helping the police force. That's why Angela shows up as Sister Knight and there's other characters who are allowed to wear their outfits because they're helping the police. They're not going out on their own. And that's because Keen's son introduces legislation to allow that. Bingo. So God, um, it's the research. They're like, it wasn't just like, let's make a Watchmen show. It's like yeah. they read the comic like 20 times to make sure they got everything. So that's actually one of the things. So I, I, the as after I watched it, I then proceeded to read Doomsday Clock, the the comic sequel written by Jeff Johns, the 12, 12 issue comic. And I personally believe that the Watchmen series was a better sequel. Um, not just not just in that it it you know is, is more true to to Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' vision, but it's it didn't like it didn't like compromise and pander the way I felt like Doomsday Clock did, which mm-hmm. which which we can we can get to. Um like my mind just went blank <laughs> as a friggin' So much watchman. D- yeah. I just I'm trying to even <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm just like, I don't even know where to go. So um I lost it. I lost it. Amy, say something. <laughs> I can say lots of things if we're still talking. So you were talking about how Doomsday Clock had a tendency more to pander towards the audience Thank you. Than, than the HBO series did, which kept true and kept line to the original comic, but without branching over and creating a quote unquote sequel, which is something that I really appreciated because it was in the same vein, but it did not go Oh, and we're bringing out back insert character here, forcing them in to be pigeonholed. It was like an expansion of the universe, which Neil Gaiman does very well. And in this, it was it was a really it was a really great way to wrap up mysteries and issues that were going on in the comic book or that were left in the before the Watchmen or in original Watchmen or even in the Watchmen movie. Um, that we were able to see played out in a different direction. But as to Doomsday Clock and pandering to the audience, Doc? Yes. So you you brought up a great point. So instead of there being a new Rorschach in the series, the Rorschach mask becomes a symbolism in Calvary. You get kind of the the hyper-paranoid um, character in Looking Glass, mm-hmm. um, 
who was one of my... That's the character I had to ask of Steve's. I'm like, don't let him fucking die. (laughs) Don't let my boy die. I fucking... uh, Turned him into a horny toad. (laughs) Yeah. I needed him to live. My, I, my, my, you know, oh brother, where art thou? Um, So, so Looking Glass became this kind of, um, kind of uh, unrelenting, you know, in, in, in his, in his investigative, like he's very like, just just straight to the point like he, he knows what he needs to find um but he's also like i said like hyper paranoid because he was uh in new jersey i believe when the mm-hmm. when the squid exploded Hoboken. uh yeah and he and he survived and so of course he's now got this like crazy ptsd from that event um he kind of takes that and then and then you know otherwise the the vigilantes you know night sister uh red scare all these other vigilantes they're all they're all new you know they're all uh is it night sister or sister night sister night thank you um they they are new vigilantes and we do get characters obviously from the watchmen series you know the silk specter comes back but now she's older she's an fbi agent the more um, supporting Doc- characters exactly dr manhattan is there the whole time we come to find out and we get to see Ozymandias living, you know, the strange fucking life that he's fucking living. Jeremy Irons. But so like, good. <laughs> but it's not like, a, you know, it's, it's not every character. We don't get a new night owl. We don't get a new comedian. Yeah. We don't, it's, it's not like a, every iteration or same focusing on the same characters. It's much more an expansion into, Hey, this is what might've happened going on. Amy, mm-hmm. you had your hand up. Oh, I was going to bring up pirate Jenny. Cause I really like her as one of the vigilants. Yeah. You got yeah, pirate Jenny, red scare, Mir, Mir, or yeah, Mir, and then you've got Sister Knight, and I was like, and, and who else you got? Lou Ban. Lou Ban. Lou Ban. Lou Ban. Lou Ban. Oh my Pirate gosh, Jenny, that's I guess, right. was supposed to be was supposed to be a shout out to the pirate comic that they read. Oh, cool. In the Watchmen comic, yeah, that's a shout I out to that. I, yeah. I like that. That's fun. That's the um the the, the Len freighter. Wine the Len Wine one. Um, it's like core. Uh, Corsair? Ah, it's oh, yeah, in the, the Before yeah, the, the Watchmen one. Yes. That's, yes, that. Oh, that cool. one. That. You are on top of it. Look at you. All right, I'll, I'll track it down. So, so yeah, so as as opposed to when I read Doomsday Clock, so Doomsday Clock opens with a new Rorschach. Same exact costume. Um, his name is Reggie. He was, again, in, in kind of a similar way, he was, he has PTSD from the, the, the explosion because he was driving into... Uh, he was on a bridge, I think, driving to New York when the squid landed. So he also, he had that like psychic attack and it broke him, um, but he wasn't actually killed. So he's taken over the character as Rorschach because his dad was the psychologist who was interviewing Rorschach when he was on trial uh, in Watchmen. Okay. And so he thinks, after reading the journal, he basically thinks that his dad and Rorschach were friends. That's because someone is tearing out pages, so he doesn't actually see that Rorschach was actually tearing his family apart. Um but he takes on he's he's wears the costume verbatim talks like him even and it's that that's where if it, it, it starts to feel like pandering to me where he's like cold didn't sleep tonight thought about pancakes it's like okay so you're he's literally Rorschach um except the way they know he's not actually Rorschach is cuz just to be different from Rorschach let's get my um, that's actually how he proves evening yeah you wouldn't pancakes. fucking know it's a comic book of steves <laughs> So, so we have we have a new Rorschach. Um, Doctor Manhattan is missing, of course, because he left the universe. But it turns out instead of going to Mars and then like trying to figure things out, he's actually left our universe and gone to the DC universe. That's that's the tie-in, um, which again is kind of where this 
it watch the watchman did not need to bleed into the dc universe in my opinion mm-hmm. um now it doesn't it's not like they join it's not like they, a bunch of them join the justice league uh basically the um in the series the mo- the, the the show um ozymandias his, his secrets never found out uh until until the end only a select number of people know that he created the squid to get robert not get robert Redford elected but to to bring the world together mm-hmm. in the comic book um, people found out it, there's been a, there was a, there was a short period of time where there was peace and then people found out that he did it. And so the world was right back to where it was and there was a lot of infighting and then it's the threat of nuclear war. It's, it's happening. Um, and the series, um, as it goes, um, Rorschach, they break out these two specific villains out of, out of, uh, out of jail because Dr. Manhattan spared them and they need to figure out why Amy. Mime and Marionette. Marionette. Yes, uh, Marionette is cool because she has this like invisible string and she can use it to like slice anything. And Mime, legitimately, he's a mime, and when he points at you with his fingers and he pulls the trigger, it blows your brains out. This is the parts I did read. I did read this first issue, so I remember these characters. Mime, yeah. And Marionette. Yeah. So, so they they break them out because they don't they they break out Mime because Marionette makes them. But Marionette was spared by Doctor Manhattan, so she has some kind of connection. So that's why they think they should bring her. Um, and they're, they get into Night Owl ship, but Night Owl ship has been turned into an interdimensional jump ship. And they basically go after Dr. Manhattan because they're, they're trailing him right Archie. as the nukes, the nukes fly and the nukes. And so our, so the Watchmen universe in the comics is destroyed and they go to the DC universe. Of uh. course, the mime and the marionette want to go find the, the crime bar and they run into the Joker's gang. Rorschach, uh, being the detective, um, basically finds Batman and gets into the Batcave and eats Bruce Wayne's breakfast, which pisses off Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Every so he, fucking time going in the fridge, you didn't, God damn it. So he takes him to, he takes him to, to Arkham because he thinks he's insane. Uh, Ozymandias wants to find the smartest person in the world. Um, he thinks Lex Luthor is, is smarter than Bruce Wayne. So he goes to Lex and Lex, of course, like, fuck you. That's and the comedian pops up. <laughs> exactly. And the comedian has been teleported. He, he, he fell through the window and then he dropped into the DC universe. It's it starts. They have all these connections, and it's not that it's bad. It just starts to be repetitive or not. Not even repetitive. Not it's just, just like it was. It was cool. I, I I enjoyed it, but then there was still kind of like it took it took away from the Watchmen a lot to make mm. it a, D, a D, It made it a DC story. Um, because who hangs out with comedian? Who would hang out with him? Who does he go with? No one. He he's he's on oh, his own. Okay, okay gotcha. Yeah, I was he, like, he, he's on his own, and he he comes to to meet Ozymandias, confront him as he as he's talking to Lex, um, and there's also an issue going on in the DC universe where they they don't trust superheroes. There's this theory that why are like eighty percent of superheroes from America? It's because America's producing superheroes. It's a Superman theory, which of course they're all fighting against. Turns out it's actually true. Um, so there's unrest there, and. Superman, Superman's trying to keep the peace. Everyone's cool with Superman because Superman, you know, everyone loves Superman. He's always, you know, even even though he's American, like everyone gives him a, gives him a pass uh, until he picks a side um, and he basically says that they're this the super the Superman theory is crap. We're not actually creating superheroes. So then, of course, he makes an enemy out of everybody. Um, but what we come to find out through the series, I'm just going to paraphrase it: the Doctor Manhattan is the reason all these resets have occurred in the DC universe. So the reason there's a multiverse is because of Dr. Manhattan. Um, he is trying to figure out is he why life? he's kind of, he's, he's trying to figure out why he's drawn to Superman. Amy. He's the start for, uh, he's the start for the 52. So essentially 
we get the button, which was a Batman Flash uh, mini in there, which was like leaving the little, the little, yeah, the little tidbits because the mm-hmm. Batman or the button came through. Um, and then the new 52 essentially, as Doc was saying, it's he's been drawn to Superman. He's trying to find out why in Superman's world and Superman's universe, he still survives and not everybody explodes. But keep going, Doc. Yeah, so it's it's basically because he can travel through time and space, he starts going back and he starts making these shifts in time. And every time he makes a shift, the hub- the boy still arrives. The planet still explodes and the boy still arrives. Hope always, basically, it's, it's, it's this idea that hope always arrives. And that's why in the 19, it's the 1940s and a boy arrives in Kansas. Um, Kentucky? Kansas. 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 Then it's like 1950 and a boy arrives. 1960 and it's because it's every time the DC line was relaunched by the publisher, that's Dr. Manhattan interfering, making a change and the boy still arrives. So that's why there's the new 52. That's why there's the rebirth. That's why there's the crisis. That's why no one remembers the the Justice Society of America because he moves the Green Lantern because originally the Green Lantern wasn't a space cop. He found a Green Lantern. He moves the lantern, so he never finds the lantern, and they never exist. So Superman doesn't have the Flash and Green Lantern and all those friends from the the Justice Society of America. And they move even forward even more, and there's a boy in the future, and it's the Legion of Superheroes when Superboy joins the Legion of Superheroes. So basically, Dr. Manhattan is inadvertently, he's trying to figure out, he sees the future, and his future stops with, with Superman angry coming at him, and he can't see past that. So he's trying to figure out do I do I get destroyed by Superman? Do I destroy everything? I can't see my future. It's kind of like in the Watchmen series where he he knows there's like dead zones and he knows where the end is. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to figure out. So he's going back and forth and he's making all these changes, adjusting it to create these new timelines. And it's cool. It's interesting. And then at the end, it does this thing where actually I sent you the panels where he he sees uh, Superman as a man of action, whereas Doctor Manhattan is a man of inaction. Um, because he he didn't stop Ozymandias. He mm-hmm. didn't stop Rorschach, or he killed Rorschach. Like he killed he, Rorschach. He, he has all these things, where these situations where he could have acted and he didn't, and he like regrets it. And he so he sees himself becoming the villain, basically, because he thinks that Superman coming at him in his vision means that he's a bad guy. But then it turns into this idea of like he sees Superman as a symbol of hope, and that's where it fucking loses me. When, when when all of a sudden I'm like this near omnipotent nuclear being is bowing to Superman. He's not. He's not even bowing. He just like sees him. Yeah, as as the symbol of hope, and he sees him as like this kind of binding thing between all the universes. And I'm kind of like, it is kind of Jeff Johns, basically. Okay, Steve's. I'm going to put it in terms that you will get clearly. So, Triple H. Uh-huh, okay. Versus Sting. Yeah, gotcha. At WrestleMania. Oh, I get what you're saying. It's the, you were the icon in WCW. Now you're in WWE. You're going to lose to the WWE. Triple H is Superman. You're going to lose. Exactly. You're going to lose to the established guys. The NWO, you guys are going to lose because Mm -hmm. you were WCW. Welcome, but you're going to lose. Welcome to the DC universe. We win here. Exactly. Welcome to the DC universe. You think Superman, you, you understand now the hope and everything that Superman represents. And that's, and then he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he's, 
so he realizes he needs to help Superman. He needs to do these things. So he goes back and he, and he shifts all these things. So the justice society is there to help. And he, uh, lets Superman save his parents. And so he basically cre- he creates, he, as he calls it, he calls it a metaverse and this metaverse events always occur around Superman. Um, but by understanding that he basically is saying that like Superman is, is the force in this universe. That, not like, me drives all these things. Yeah. Not me, but I can still, I can affect things, but like Superman's where it's at. And that's where I was just kind of like, that really is just kind of a, a, a final slap in the face to Alan Moore. Like, Hey, your creations don't fucking matter when it yeah, comes to the that. DC universe. That makes sense. Okay. You know? Yeah. You broke it down perfectly. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that match totally breaks down what happens. There. And it's not that it, I'm mean, just like that match wasn't bad. It was it was a good comic, but yeah. as I got towards the end, I was like, oh, I see where you're going with this. Oh, like, okay, like mm-hmm. I, I I guess that's where you're going to be at. Which is why we might as well just get right to it. I think the series is the superior sequel, um, because it's mm-hmm. not it's it's it. The end of Doomsday Clock feels very comic booky and not in a good way. The series felt more like the graphic novel where it ended not necessarily very hopeful, but also not like terrible. It was just kind of like, like shit happened. Mm-hmm. The series was kind of a similar way. Like the end of the series, you know, it was, it was a cliffhanger, but not a huge cliffhanger. We don't need yeah. any more. It was very well done, but it just, it, it, it had, it had enough hope and positivity, but also enough down ticks as opposed to the comic where it was just like, you know, it ends with with Clark seeing his parents coming towards him with with Lois and oh, we were supposed to pick you up from the airport. Oh, you know, you, you know your dad. He just can't sit still. Like I was like, no, you. What, where's, <laughs> like, where, where's your where's your fucking doomsday clock? Like I if like if Alan Moore read this, I'm sure he would be so fucking disappointed. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so that's that's the doomsday clock. But the, here's the problem. I'm not going to tell you not to read it because I st- it was still like it, it was it was a fun comic. No, I get what you I, mean. I still think you should read it. Sting and Triple H was still a fun match that incorporated yeah, NWO cool and when, DX. When, exactly when the NWO. You just know what they were pointing DX. at. Yeah, you know what they were getting yeah. at. Yeah. Um, which is again why, even though Alan Moore's name was not on the Watchmen series, only Dave Gibbons' name was on oh, it. Dave Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Um, they said based on the characters by Dave Gibbons, um, which I think you know it's it's you know it 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 hurt. But I'm sure Alan Moore doesn't want to be associated with it anymore. I think that's what it is. Like, if it if it was anything like the Snyder film, it was like he would have loved to have Alan Moore's name on it, but Alan didn't give the blessing. Yeah. So it's like they can't kind of have his name on there because Dave Gibbons gave the blessing. He's like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. And that's why. But I feel, I feel if he saw the series, which I know he's not going to, the Grumpy Wizard will not do it. Um, and I and I don't. I don't hate him for that decision because you get why he's standing where he's standing. He got screwed yeah. over by DC. Yeah. I just wish there was a way because I feel he'd watch the HBO series and be like, hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Cause it because it stays true to him. You know, it didn't yeah. do the Triple H sting. It stayed true to his story. It stayed true to his characters. It followed his style while building its own, its own icon, its own tale that. I think he'd appreciate it. I'm not saying he's going to, but I think he'd appreciate it. Amy? Uh, <laughs> just nodding. Well, well, the nice thing is, you know, my internet is crappy, but being patient and raising my hand helps so that we get great audio. When it comes to the series, I totally, I totally agree. Um, it 
felt like it was honoring the Watchmen. It was honoring the original creation, but paving paving a path and trailblazing towards a future where if we wanted to explore the universe in another 10 years, 20 years, we could. It did not completely go, and then this happened. And then this happened. It, yeah. it, it, it wasn't that it took itself too seriously or not seriously enough. It didn't leave you in a place of depression at the end, um, especially with Hooded Justice. That was oh, a fan, fantastic reveal. Um, oh, so good. So in the before the Watchmen, the Minutemen, um, little limited, which is a, I think it's like a six or a seven. Darwin Cook actually explores some of the things that happen in the HBO series. So um, Captain Metropolis and Hooded Justice having a relationship. Yes, that's in there. Um, we don't talk about the silhouette, which is um, one of the people that's in the the Minutemen picture. Um, but we see her in the comic book and we find out what happens to her with Silk Spectre um, being attacked by the comedian. We see that in the series, in the comic book series. But then also you find out a little bit later that they came back together and that's how they got um, Laurel. Well, Laurel Jane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Silk Spectre too. Um, but you see a lot more of the dynamics that the series took in going through and going, okay, I want to tell the story, but I don't want to copycat. I don't want to go, we're, we're doing Sin City 3. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it gave such a great honor to the actors and the actresses that took pride in their characters. Um, the reveal for Dr. Manhattan was positively, so, so positively wonderful. It it lacked nothing. Um, the like uh, Angela Abar, Sister Knight. Mm. Um, she Regina was absolutely stunning. Regina, she, Regina deserves all the things, all of them. She she was absolutely stunning. I I not that I'm like well I know her from Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Jerry and C. But <laughs> was she but, in Miss Congeniality? Two Miss oh, Congeniality two. Yeah. She was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in uh, Jerry Maguire. In Jerry Maguire. But so in seeing her in this, I was just, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and then the the guy that plays Will Reeves was so, so fantastic. Uh, uh, young or old? Old. Oh, yeah, old, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah. He was he Legend. was so good. Just, there is, there is not enough I can say that even if you are... This puts you in a place of being uncomfortable and uncomfortable helps you grow. And in growing with this, you become more aware of how you are in your world and how you're impacting and how you see people in positions of power, masked or unmasked. Um, I cannot say enough about this. Like, I, I, I don't I can't give it enough praise. There's and I'm not I'm not one to be like, oh, well, you know. This is um, <laughs> this is pretty good. This is some pretty good, you know, the, television. This yeah. the series is a masterpiece, in my opinion. It's it, it's it's a masterpiece of a series based on a masterpiece of a comic, and it was a history lesson while being a comic book TV show. And and we're not just talking. I mean, it's not just not just what happened in Tulsa, but 
one of my two favorite episodes, of course, is episode six, this extraordinary being, the backstory of hooded justice. Um, and just the way that they just took this character. And before this, I never thought of a, a hooded justice background. I never thought twice about him wearing the hood and the noose. I just thought like executioner, like just during executioner, that's all you would think of the way they break that down in that episode. We're like, Oh shit. He wears the noose and the hood because he was a victim of a lynching and he's using it as symbolism as he fights crime. Just the way he pieced together, the way he's fighting the beware of the Cyclops and the, how the Cyclops is, yeah, yeah, you got the symbol, and how the Cyclops is basically the great grandfather of the Seventh Cavalry. And how so it's like it, the battle continues to Angela's time period. That whole that whole backstory could have been its own series, just the Hood of Justice series. And I'd watch that. And the, the guy who played young Will Reeves was uh, his name is Jovan Adepo. And he is nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Emmys for his performance. Regina is nominated for Best Actress. Uh, Jeremy Irons has got Best Actor. Uh, Laurel, um, oh my God, her name escapes me right now. Elizabeth uh, Jean Smart, she is Best Actress. Um, the series has like 26 Emmy nominations, the most of Good. any show this year. Good. And including Outstanding Limited Series. Um, it just... It, and ep- and you brought up uh, episode eight when we get the reveal of Doctor Manhattan. That's the best sci-fi romance I can think of in one episode. The way that scene, the way that episode broke down, the way they met, and how it shows how Manhattan sees time, how he experiences the past, the present, and the future all at once, and it didn't confuse you. You were bouncing along with him, and you're seeing him fall in love with her, and you understand why he falls in love with her, and. The feels, man. The feels. The feels. Amy? The, it, the title is a, a God Walks Into a Bar. Yes. <laughs> which, which I like. And that's like, something else I love. Yeah. There was all the play, all the little plays on words in the title, which they gave you just enough hints. And in that, it was Which is in the original comic, too. The way they did that. Exactly. Yeah. And then when it moves in such a way that, especially for eight... Um, where he's literally every moment, every instant, he's always there. So he, they're having that conversation, and yet he's just talking. He's not trying to really win her over or anything. He knows what's going to happen, but he just he knows keeps talking. Yeah. And it's so brilliantly done, and it is literally like this is beyond the lake house wasn't even that good. But like <laughs> we start thinking about, romance and lapping and time and how everything is layering and i've just told i've just told you this and i've just told you this and in the moments when when um regina king's uh, yeah it's regina king right no the actress yeah angela is the character yeah i went to say (laughs) angela king and i was like wrong um (laughs) when she goes when are you she doesn't say Mm -hmm. where are you she asks when are you Yep. And it's this understanding that she falls in love with him in stages and he's already been in love with her all this time. Mm-hmm. And it's that uh, that uh, absolute favorite phrase, and it's not even from that episode, is I'm experiencing every moment with oh, you. God. And it so perfectly mm-hmm. sums up him as a character in a whole. Dr. Manhattan, I am experiencing every moment with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can you top that? Like, I don't need any more. I don't need to know what the egg was. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. I know the world exists. I'm okay with that. That's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Just scoot. We're good. And, scoot. And there are there's certain actresses who, when they hit emotional moments in their acting, that it hits me. Like there's moments where uh, Sandra Bullock in and it's in an action movie in Speed when she thinks she hit a baby carriage with a baby in it. The way her voice hits, the way she reacts, I believe the emotion she's feeling right there. Regina King, when Manhattan gets zapped in episode eight, the way she delivers that scream, the way she hits that tone, you feel the pain in that character. Regina King is one of those actors who she becomes who she's acting. And when she's emotionally distraught, I'm like, God Damn it! Somebody help her. Someone, Someone hug her, or something. Someone help her. She's gonna make me cry. Somebody help her right now. <laughs> I do like to to when Manhattan would keep disappearing at the house, and she said the same word over and over. Motherfucker! It keeps coming back. <laughs> so if, hilarious. If I were to rewatch the series, there are two moments that I would skip. Um, mm-hmm. The first being, um, I love as a kid. I love Nash Bridges. Yes. Okay. Like I loved Nash Bridges. Oh, no. Nash Bridges, um, Miami Vice. Oh. Yeah, I love Nash Bridges. So when I see Nash Bridges as a sheriff of this show and he's a good guy, I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Yeah, Don's back. And then that episode, that the first episode, when, when, like his story arc, I just got more and more anxious. And then for him to, to be hung, mm-hmm. I was like, that's when I, I was like, I can't do it. Nash Bridges. And you I know they purposely did that too. They made you love him at first. They yeah, made you know because, Don Johnson. You, you can't not love Don Dude, Johnson. Dude, I'm going to be 100% honest. Even towards the end, part of my brain was like, oh, it was his wife. It was his wife. He didn't need to die. Yeah. And then when he confronts him and he's like, I'm just trying to help you guys. I'm like, but then he says, I'm just trying to help you people. And I'm like, God, oh, shit, never mind. He's racist. Damn it. He's part of it. God, <laughs> like, he's a cyclops. Damn yeah. It. Like, I got it. When he has the clan robe, I'm like, he gotcha. He gotcha. Heritage? <laughs> no. Like, it was just. <laughs> Like I, I you're, fuck. you're grasping straws. Here. Yeah, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm like, maybe it's the wife. Maybe the wife is the problem. <laughs> well, she was, but yeah, yeah. just when, along with him. When Don Johnson hangs himself, I was like, mm. yeah. Uh, we, well, we come to find out, he's that he hung himself via the, the light. I that hooded justice episode. I'm with you. Is fucking phenomenal. Like the way the story it tells is mm. phenomenal. I will. I cannot watch. From his perspective, being lynched, yep. I can't watch that again. Uh, that yeah. was, I didn't realize it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then once it started happening, I couldn't look away. And then I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, I, I didn't know, like, was someone going to save him, this, that, or the other? Like, it was too much. Like, that's something I, could, I could not watch on a big screen. Yep. Yeah. I was just like, I can't. Mm. So, <laughs> but it was, again, it was so well done. I just could not, I cannot handle that again. And those were, I guess, Damon Lindelof, the creator of the show, those are the two things he wanted to be present in this series, Tulsa and Hooded Justice's um, backstory. Those are the yeah. two things he's like, these have to happen in this series, and the whole writing room together developed it. Yeah. It's, uh, it was just so much research, so much time, so well done. Awesome. Even Ozymandias' story. Dude, Ozymandias' <laughs> story was so fucking wacky and fun. Yes. Like, it was... <laughs> Once it started, I was like, okay. I was just kind of like confused. Amy, yes? I was going to say the horseshoe. No, I don't need the horseshoe now. Why are you giving me the horseshoe? And then (laughs) the ambiotic lake. The lake where he was collecting more. Just tossing babies. Just tossing babies back into the lake. (laughs) It It was, it was, it was 
right up his alley as a character because it was so weirdly outlandish. And then there were points that I was just like, please stop killing people. Please, please stop <laughs> killing people. Please stop. Ki- you I know think Irons I had, had fun filming those scenes. You know, he oh just had gosh. a fucking ball just sitting there. <laughs> his, when, his thighs were chafed he... and he's like, please massage my thighs. <laughs> That's so Ozymandias though, I think. <laughs> when he goes... First off, when at the end when he thinks he's going to get away with everything, and they're like, no, actually, we're just going to go ahead and, and out you for doing this. When he's on... He's, he's on Titan, right? Is that where, yeah. he's, that where he's at? When he, when he gets out of the barrier and he finds all the dead bodies of all the people he's been catapulting out, out of this little dome. Yes, Amy? I think he's on Europa. Yes. He's on Europa, but all the no, dead bodies... No, you're right. He's on Europa. Oh, Europa. I'm he's sorry, on Euro- yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's on Europa, but he's dragging all the bodies that he's been launching into... Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and he cracks them all up <laughs> yes. to, to put out a message. Save me, daughter. <laughs> it was just... I'm going to be honest. When I first saw it, when it said, save me, I thought it said, save me doctor. And I was like, oh. oh, talking to Manhattan. And then I realized, no, it was, it was his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the fact that like that story was so absurd, but at the same time, like very much like him, just like, you know, him creating this, like he wanted to have this utopia where he's worshiped and he got it, but it's just the same two people. And mm-hmm. it's not everything was chalked up to be. And now you're going to go to earth. And we come to find out, but my, I'm just going to say my favorite part of the series and then I'll let you guys give yours. So I, I text you guys once I finished it. Um, for those of you unaware, uh, I love a good, uh, deuce ex machina. Okay. So deuce ex machina is the, the thing in the story that just like a situation can't be solved and it just solves it. Whether it's a time machine whether it's a weapon designed to kill the bad guy that you have to kill that miraculously <laughs> appears. A deuce ex machina is something that suddenly solves an issue in the story. And the fact that the deuce ex machina for this sh- series is Ozymandias. So in order to create, to keep the, the, the facade going that this squid came from another universe, he randomly drops because a squid fall he mm-hmm. randomly teleports a bunch of these tiny little squids up into the atmosphere and they rain down and then they like evaporate. And that's just to let everyone know like they're still, still here, out there. Still watching. So he freezes them to turn them into a Gatling gun from the sky and then he drops them to interrupt the the science, the the process of his daughter absorbing Dr. Uh, Dr. Manhattan's power. Yeah. When he just goes through her hand and when they just start coming down, I'm like, holy shit. This this like very serious story with his kind of ridiculous off story. When they come together, yep, he freezes the fucking baby squids and turns them into bullets coming down yes. from the sky, and that's what destroys everything. Ozymandias, like, always thinking, always thinking. It that was the <laughs> it was great. That was just a perfect, just solution to your problem. In that part, because in, in that scene with him is Laurel and Looking Glass. Yeah, when. <laughs> When he tells Laurel, you joined the FBI. And just her face, I'm the number one vigilante task hunter. That's the way she says it. Being a former vigilante herself, it's like, I'm the number one task force uh, vigilante hunter. Yep. <laughs> Amy. Okay. Um, I, oh my gosh, there are so many good places. Um, I am not going to bring up that interesting briefcase. Um. Uh, that Laurel has the very interesting oh. briefcase. 
Uh, that's a that's a you'll remember that, that m- special. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'll remember that one. Um, I think I think one of my favorite moments had to be when and it and it's just for just genuine sweetness. It was not that it was overlooked, um, but looking back would be any of the moments that we see Cal, um, who we find out is Doctor Manhattan. Uh, spoiler: If you're listening this far, you 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 were warned. Um, oh shit! There it goes. Oh Funny no! Too, how his I name is Cal. Cal. Mm-hmm. Cal. Hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but all the moments he's interacting with the kids, where he is daddy, mm-hmm. where he makes the best waffles, that entire he does all of these things in just interacting with these children that show that. Um, John Osterman still has a heart that he's still human in these moments. And that even as long as he has spent time as Dr. Manhattan somewhere in the, somewhere in him in blocking out the Dr. Manhattan powers, he's just a dad. And it was so sweet. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, her diving in front of him during white night, when we see that, see that sequence, Yes, that, he matters so much and it's not just because he is Dr. Manhattan and that he could die as a human. It's that this is her partner. This is the person she chooses. Mm-hmm. And when we get to an, ex- we get to a God walks into a bar and we're doing that. Where, when in time are you? When he realizes what the moment is that he fell in love with her and you're like, this son of a bitch right here. This is it right here. You're going to try even even you know that it's not going to work out. It was oh, such a great it was it was it's so wonderfully written. It's so wonderfully acted. And it it is literally the the moment where you realize how not just in love with, with him as a god character as a superhero whatever you want to call it to her John Dr. Manhattan Cal one and the same is the man who has woken up beside her every day for the last 10 years and has helped raise their kids. And it is so, she's like, she's willing to die for him. And he knows he's going to die for her. And it's just brain, brain, so much brain, <laughs> so much brain. It was so good. I, I do like the the brief moment where that, that could be a hint to him being, uh, him being Dr. Manhattan when he's telling the girls that nothing happens when he died. He was nothing. Then he was born and he lived his life and he died and there's nothing. Who wants waffles? <laughs> Who wants waffles? <laughs> He's like, I'm like, not going like to lie to him. There's the, <laughs> eh, there it is. There's a circle on your forehead. Um, for me, God, like the whole series as a whole. Um, it, it's everything with that Hooded Justice. That's my favorite. Hooded Justice just is, it just blew my mind when I saw it. It, I love the the, just the idea of looking at that character in past panels and being like, this is the backstory. He's going to be the basis of our tale that connects to Moore's story, and that just made me like that. This is amazing that they just built this entire story off a guy who had two panels, two or three panels in Moore's original comic, and he is the heart of this backstory that fuels Angela, you know, Angela wearing her hood, being her vigilante, not knowing that her uh, grandpa did the same thing. And that's the reveal of her finding out who he is. 
I love that whole thing. Um, minor thing also would be probably uh, Petey, Laurel's partner. When uh, Angela's like, oh, and you know about trauma? And Laurel just goes, Petey, you want to tell her? Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. So, And I love how he, how he points out the inaccuracy of the TV show that everyone's watching in that university, right. American Hero Story. When it's like, oh, you mean the Hood of Justice story show? No, that, that show is filled with inaccuracies. I, I don't even talk about it. But just the way he breaks, the, the way he's the history nerd about everything regarding them. I thought that delivery was great. But yeah, just I loves the show. <laughs> I, I like how she inadvertently, he, he paints over, he paints white over his eyes. So when they see this hood, they think he's a white guy. But she mm-hmm. says the black, but they both have that over mm-hmm. their eyes. Yep. Uh, yep. There's a nice little, a, Amy. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Lady True, which we don't we haven't really talked about her, which is Ozymandias' daughter, who left field. Mm-hmm. Not only does she walk in and go, you have two to the essentially the farmers, you know, the Kents walks in and is like, yep. you have two two of my minutes. You are the most important people in the in the universe right now. Let's talk. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I've already created your son. Here he is. Do you want him? Do you want him? Give me your farm. By the way, I'm giving you like $5 million. It's in a trust. It'll be fine. You want the baby? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yes. Like <laughs> she was so that funny. was, it was so, and her, her plan, the way it was maneuvered. She did such a great, the actress did such an amazing job. Oh, yeah. And also her backstory, literally like she was a janitor. You know, my mom was a janitor from Vietnam. Snuck out some of your jizz. Bye. Fuck you, Look so I'm I'm the baby. Surprise! The, 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 the painting of Alexander the Great. The way you yes. keep your you keep your cum stored behind that. Okay, his face. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh my gosh! It was she was. There were so many great actors and actresses in this that it's it's not hard to pinpoint the ones that had the most screen time. But like even uh, Grandma June, when we see her with Angela's backstory, or um, like. It's it's just there's so many moments there's the the I almost called him Topher and I don't think that's his name the oldest of the children that they have that they it literally it's just I can't give it enough praise it's so well acted it's so loved and cared for and cherished and the story they gave you imparts and leaves you with lasting impressions mm-hmm. and makes you reevaluate like how who you are in your community and how you are to your children. And that that sequence when he catches Hooded Justice catches his son putting on mm-hmm. the white paint to dress up to be just like dad. I do this. And not yeah. And then he ends up turning out um, I think his name was Marcus was was his son. He ends up putting on a uniform and mm-hmm. and he does essentially a version of what his dad did. Yep. So you're seeing the lineage continue down the line. And it's one of those not not ooh, they're always watching, but what's the next generation seeing you? Put on like, a uniform in the fifty first state, Vietnam. <laughs> I think that um Doomsday Clock is a good comic, but the Watchmen series is a better sequel. Um yes. I think the Watchmen series shows um, what you can do with not not necessarily a um, 
Watchmen does kind of show its age in 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 some ways when you when you reread it. Um but the the series shows how you how you can take it and you can not it doesn't need to have a lot of the problematic elements of Watchmen to still be a wonderful story that fits well within the vein. You know, it, it, you don't you don't need a lot of those things that it's like, uh, um, and it also shows that the creation of Gibbons and Moore is more than substantial enough to stand on its own without the the DC universe around it. Yep. Um, again, I, I I highly recommend both. Get your own, obviously, you know, make make your own opinions, comparisons. Um, about the two, um, the uh, I think you said Doomsday Clock is in two parts on the DC app right now. What I found in the app, yeah, part one and part it's broken into two parts. Uh, according to uh, the Launchpad, Lodi, California, a soft cover trade of the entire Doomsday Clock is supposed to be out in October. Yeah, I think hard hardcover is already out. Um, soft cover will be out in October. Um, support your local comic book store. Go pick up a copy. Check it out. Um, get your HBO Max subscription. Watch Watchmen. Check out the series. Phenomenal. The, um, the I'm sorry, last thing. I apologize. I'm sorry. No, you're good. This series to me proves that comic book stories and adaptations can have a cultural impact on society. There's a lot of questions that this show raises that we haven't faced yet. Redfordations, Tulsa. There's a lot of things in this series. And this this is what I think comic books both in their book form and their adaptations don't get enough credit for when they can stir up a conversation about where we are as a society, when they can critique us, when a show about people wearing masks comes off more intelligent than we are right now. That's what I love about this show. I think the show challenges the status quo Mm -hmm. of the way we look at the world, um, the way we view that comic, whereas I think the comic is kind of more of the same. It doesn't really change the narrative because at the end of the day, the Justice League and Superman stand tall. And similarly, Dr. Manhattan has passed on his power. He does basically use up his power and, and, and move on in a similar way that he does in the end of the Watchmen series. They're taken versus giving up. Um, but the, the show challenges the status quo in the way that the, the comic does not. Um. So yeah, Doctor Foss, friend of the show, loves Watchmen, and she's gonna love this episode as well because she loved every aspect of it. Yeah, so. well, she likes us, and we're cool. Yep. <laughs> so that about wraps it up. We went a little long because, dear God, this is a hell of a fucking topic. I mean, dude, we didn't even fucking talk that much about the original book, which Oops, is its own fucking tome. Hey, it's and good. Let's listen. That's that's printed on is. real paper. Real paper. Yeah, I have my copy over there. Mine doesn't say now an HBO series because mine's older than yours. <laughs> so that about wraps it up. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Capeless Crusaders. Just so you are aware, I should have said this at the top of the show, but I'm saying it now. We are going to two episodes a month. This is going to be the first one of the new two episode a month standard for the Capeless Crusaders. We used to do five episodes with with streams and everything in between and it was just way too fucking much so we went down to one episode and now that it's been a year of us with uh, nerd on we're coming at you two episodes a month again next our next episode 
It's gonna be a fun one. We're tying in with uh with Nerd On for their their oh. shit. Three year anniversary. Three I feel year. Like an idiot now. Thank you. Three year. Um the topic of their three year anniversary. Have they announced what their three year anniversary is gonna be yet? I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil I don't recall anything. seeing anything. I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna touch but that we, said what they were. Okay, I'll put it I'll put it like this. Hmm. Nerd on mm-hmm. the way they do sometimes they're you know they cover trilogies in a three episode boom. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the comics related to the three ish three uh film series they're gonna be talking about. Um and uh we didn't even know they existed and they're you know we're gonna we're gonna read them and talk about them. That's all I'm gonna fucking say. So you so you get not even gonna hum the theme. Nope. Not even gonna no, you're not you're not getting jack diddly squat. That's right. So that about wraps it up for this episode of The Cable Crusaders. My name is, of course, David Barry. I am joined this evening by two of the crew, the OG and the O dub. Yeah, it's me. I'm experiencing every moment with you right now. That's weird. This is Anthony Steve, the Azorian one. Uh, the, the, The touching moment, and I took it away. Uh, Amy, the oh, I should say the O-Dub-Dub. Dub. O-Dub-Dub. Dub. The original Wonder Woman of the Capeless Crusaders, Amelia. Mm-hmm. Should I you say your can't. name? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you could, but, you know, you can't heal under a mask. Wounds need air. This is Amy. Nice. nice. That's such a good... I, I just, Looking Glass is such a good character. That was from Will Related to that. Yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like it made me think of it made me think of mm. Will Reeves or uh, Looking Glass not healing because he's just always wearing his mask. It's mm-hmm. a good show. Anyway, yeah, it's a great show. Check it out. Read the series. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for hanging out for the Capos Crusaders. <gasps> a good good night. Oh, good night. Oh, Lua, do it. Mm-mm-mm-mm.